Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, back at it here for another week. Plenty of things to discuss and talk about. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. You can also text us, 317-210-2830. I should say... Gotten some really nice messages lately, and I do appreciate um, I do appreciate getting those very much. Um, the appropriate amount of adoration and praise has been tossed into those messages. Well done. Keep up the good work. I want to say here at the beginning, I don't want to talk about this a lot yet. This is going to be coming, of course, well, in due course. And that is something that the New York Times editorial board actually posted or printed or published, I guess I should say, on Friday. On Friday, New York Times editorial board calls on Garland. That is the not Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland. Instead, the so-called attorney general. He is the attorney general, but um, I'm not sure if he is a unbiased factor, especially after what we've seen with the Mar-a-Lago raid. But nonetheless, New York Times editorial board calls on Garland to seek indictment of Trump if there is, quote, sufficient evidence. This is an article in thehill.com. I didn't have time to pull up the um, New York, there's links to the Times article here, but I just, I, I've listed this in our stack of stuff. I just want this to be on the radar because this is the next phase. The next phase of this, um, and if you listen to Trump's attorneys, they are expecting this to potentially be the so-called October surprise. So don't be, don't be surprised by this. This is where this is headed. You know, we talk about an attack, an assault on our democracy. We talk about, well, the left talks about that, and they act as though anyone who questions anything that happened in the 2020 election, as a, well, they frame them as an election denier, and of course, say that these folks are dangerous, dangerous, I say, to the integrity of our democracy, the very livelihood, the very possibility of destroying our democracy, when in reality what is unfolding here before our eyes and yet at the same time behind closed doors in a very methodical, planned out, and timed effort to help both in the 2022 midterms and in the 2024 presidential election, which again, their biggest fear their number one biggest fear is the nominee of the Republican Party being president, former President Donald Trump. That is their number one nightmare. 
And so get ready for this. They didn't, I don't believe they out and out called for the indictment, but if you if you look at what was said in this editorial, which of course was written by the editorial board in this particular instance, I'll pull a couple of sound bites, or not sound bites, but pull quotes from this. The board is aware, they wrote, that in deciding how Mr. Trump should be held accountable under the law, it is necessary to consider not just whether criminal prosecution would be warranted, but whether it would be wise. That, of course, it's not wise. And this is in the wake, and we'll talk about this here as we get rolling as well, in the wake of what Mark Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan on his podcast late last week about his decision, Meta's decision, Facebook is uh, Facebook's decision to not publish the Miranda uh, Devine story on the Hunter Biden laptop. Remember this back in 2020? Of course you do. We've talked about this a lot. You know a lot about this, and we've talked we've talked about her book on this on this program. Maybe, you know, we don't do a lot of interviews, but maybe we try to, I don't know. That's something that I would consider. Maybe. That's just falling away in the in the memory bank at the time for the time being. But this is um that's an important bit of news. And especially when you have the full context as to to what happened and know what is on the laptop, at least at least what we know so far. Anyway, so just just be prepared here. Because this is where this is all headed. Trump being indicted. And then, of course, what they really want is his name not on the 2024 ballot. They don't want it there at all. And if it is there, they want to cause as much political damage for both the Republicans and Donald Trump as possible. And it's a, it's a leftist dream in one sense because this is all going to be paid for by your tax dollars. That's right, my friends. Your tax dollars are actually going to be paying for dirty campaign tactics that have been, well, that have been run by the law. This has been happening already. I mean, you can go back to, again, when Trump was elected and by day number 11, the left was literally calling for his impeachment. So we have two impeachments. We've got the January 6th show trial and all of that. And now we're going to see, again, these are all, in many ways, just a continuous, they're just sequential. They're one, it, they all tie back to Trump-Russian collusion. They all tie back to President Trump's uh, political differences actual intent on fighting against the deep state. And this is how they fight back. This is 100% how they fight back. Remember Chuck Schumer? He was on some one of those stupid CNN shows, I think, back at the beginning of Trump's presidency. And he said, you know, Trump's out here criticizing the intelligence community, but the intelligence community has six ways to Sunday, I think is what he said. Of getting back. I don't have the soundbite pulled up. I just remembered this as we were going through this here off the top. But that's what Senator, (laughs) Senate Majority Leader at this particular point in time, Chuck Schumer, he actually told the world that the intelligence community has ways of politically getting back at, getting back at former, um, well, 
current president, anybody they want. I mean, if you can get after the president of the United States, you can get back at, at anyone. So that's there. That should be paid attention to. And, of course, that is the direction that this entire shenanigan is going. But where I really want to start today, there's a couple things I want to get to. And I know we've already started with this. I just wanted to, to put that out there and lay that uh, in the front of your mind as we kick off a busy busy broadcast week here. Um, but I want to start, I want to talk a little bit about student loans because there's some things I want to get into. But I also feel like I have to address, I have to address what I've already referenced, and that is the story of Mark Zuckerberg telling Joe Rogan on his podcast that the Hunter Biden laptop story was covered up or censored or however you want to phrase this, at least in part because the FBI pressured Meta or Facebook at the time. I think it was still, I don't know. You know who I'm talking about. When they stopped that story published by the New York Post, Miranda Devine, um, with the Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop story, that, sh- that story was not allowed to be shared. They shut that down right away. And why did they do that? Well, if you listen to what Zuckerberg, and I don't have the, the soundbite. I just want to talk about this. But um, if you listen to what Zuckerberg said to Joe Rogan, Basically, the gist of it is um, that Facebook, and I'm looking here at an article in the Daily Wire, but Facebook restricted the sharing of that story, the Miranda Devine story, New York Post, about Hunter Biden's laptop in the weeks, right? This was the end of October of 2020, mere weeks before Election Day. Of course, many Americans had already voted. You remember that many Americans had already voted. Do you remember that one of the top Google search terms at this time, you remember this? It was, how do I change my vote? Remember that? Remember that whole shenanigan? This has been about been about two years ago now. But that was being searched for. How do, Can I change my vote? Because, again, people, be, people had realized somewhere we're all, folks, everybody's on a different path. Some folks are aware of these things that have been happening, the shenanigans, the deception, and so forth. Some of you have been aware of this, I mean, for decades. Some are just now figuring it out. Some, I mean, I in another sense, we're all still figuring out the depth of the deception and the uh, abuse and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of people had cast their vote and then they wanted to change their vote because they were Googling, is there any way I can do this? Anyway, Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan that Facebook restricted the sharing of that story, the Miranda Devine New York Post story on the Hunter Biden laptop, because the FBI had warned Facebook just before it broke that a Russian disinformation dump was coming. So FBI says, hey, you know, we got to be careful. Russia's trying to steal our election. Remember, all this, con- all this information has to be taken in context. This was in the wake of the 2016 election in which they told us they re- – remember, these were the experts. They're, they had 50. Wasn't it 50? 50 national security experts telling us the reason that – or that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story had all of the fingerprints, all of the hallmarks of Russian propaganda. We were told that there was a 
an article released and published that was signed off on by 50 so-called intelligence experts, which, of course, in hindsight, I mean, listen, if you knew in 2016 that this story, the Miranda Devine Hunter Biden laptop story, was not fake, you, my friend, are more qualified to be an intelligence professional in the U.S. government than the 50 jokers who signed on to this thing. Now, that was all done, 100% done as a, again, remember, you have to put yourself in the moment in time. It was a play of desperation. It was a, a play, it was a strategic decision to say we will deal with the consequences of all of this after the fact. They bank on the idea, they bank on the fact, I guess, that people are not going to ever stop to demand that they be held accountable, the FBI be held accountable for this stuff, the intelligence community be held accountable for this stuff. Instead, they realize, hey, we get Biden in the White House, there's going to be story after story. You know, used to, used to when the Democrats were in power, they would... This I noted this this happening really more during the Biden years, excuse me, during the Obama years. Um, but used to they would only pick one or two battles to have at a time. But then they said, man, forget that. Let's just overwhelm the census. Let's do everything that is unpopular that we're going to get held politically accountable for at one time and just overwhelm their census, right? And so these intelligence so-called intelligence professionals, knew that when, if Biden was to win the election, that they would be moving headlong into implementing radical leftist ideology and so forth. They probably, heck, they probably knew inflation would be high because anybody who has the slightest bit of understanding of economics and who has the slightest bit of understanding as to what the left will do when they're in power knows that there will be inflation if there's, well, if the left is actually executing some of their radical, out-of-control spending and so forth. And so they probably just made the decision, these, again, so-called intelligence professionals, they made this decision that, hey, we're going to go in, we're going to write this letter, we're going to sign off on it, we're going to act real serious, we're going to pretend that this Hunter Biden laptop is Russian propaganda, we just have to make this stick in the minds of some people for the next couple of weeks, and then we'll just ride off into the sunset because if Biden wins this thing, there's never going to be any accountability. And if Biden wins and is president for four years and Trump comes back or DeSantis comes along, there's not going to be, look, we can play We can play the game of run out the clock. We can play the game. And this is what happens. This is what happens. There's never any accountability. And so there was nothing to lose. There was nothing to lose, even though it was an act of desperation. And they candidly got away with it. And now Zuckerberg's out there on Joe Rogan's podcast telling him, telling the world that effectively, I mean, the FBI and the intelligence community, specifically the FBI, but if you factor in that letter signed by people who were from multiple uh, agencies within the intelligence community, you can say that the gov- the FBI and the government colluded. <laughs> this, this is fantastic, by the way. They colluded to interfere in our 2020 election. Isn't that fantastic? 
Isn't that fantastic? Anyway, that's what Zuckerberg effectively told Joe Rogan on his podcast last week when he was asked about this. Then the FBI. The FBI has since responded to this, and I want to get to that as well, but we'll do that after the break. Again, I'm looking at this article here in the Daily Wire. We're going to continue this discussion on the other side of the break. Sit tight, my friends, back here in Mere Moments. Welcome back, my friends. So the FBI, I mean, this just continues in in one way to get crazier and crazier. So Mark Zuckerberg is on Joe Rogan's podcast. He says that FBI, uh, I'm sorry, not the FBI, Facebook had decided to restrict the story, the Miranda Devine Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post in October of 2020 because the FBI had warned the company, had warned others as well, that there was potential Russian disinformation dump coming. Then you factor that. Now, I don't know the the timeline here, but you combine that with that story that I've referenced a few times where there were 50 so-called professional uh, intelligence professionals who signed off saying that this Hunter Biden laptop story smelled like something that was cooked up by those Russians, those Russian propagandists. You can't be letting this story get out there, Facebook and Twitter and TikTok or whoever else it was. And so Zuckerberg's admitting this. He's admitting this. Then, then the FBI, in response to this, (laughs) releases a statement. I mean, this is incredible if you think about it. You got, and understand, let me pause for a moment. I'm going to say something I do not want it to be misinterpreted because um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know Mark Zuckerberg is on a <laughs> is talking to a guy with a microphone who has a podcast that's not meant to be you know like put down Joe Rogan he's incredibly successful with this he's been he's got this these long form interviews that are that really resonate with people around the country. So I don't mean it like that. I'm simply saying this is the federal government of the United States of America responding, specifically the FBI, responding to a guy named Mark Zuckerberg who started a social media platform that was basically designed to, I don't know, to share family pictures with, you know, and just talk to each other. I don't know what... I don't follow that. I don't get into social media. But so you got a guy who's trying to make help people network on online, right? And social media communities. And you've got some guy named Joe Rogan. Both have been incredibly successful. Do not I'm not this is not meant to put them down. It's just to say the federal government, in response to those two guys talking, decided to make a response <laughs> just to clarify. And they said this, the FBI routinely notifies U.S. private sector entities, including social media providers, of potential threat information so that they can decide how to better defend against threats. And this, again, I'm reading from this article in the Daily Wire. The Bureau also said in that statement, the FBI added that it cannot 
quote, ask or direct companies to take action on information that is received. He, he, he. Don't. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Folks, this is. I remember Rush used to talk about this. When you have, say, say you're a, a someone that's working under in the Obama. This is what Rush used to, you know, he used to talk about the Obama administration because that was uh, what he was dealing with at the time. And it's not like there's a directive given specifically from Obama to some, you know, someone else in the administration, whether it's in the cabinet or some staffer. They just know. They know the the they know what's going on. They know that the left wants to grow government. They know the left wants to silence conservatives. They know the left wants to win elections. I mean, that shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. And so this is when the FBI says, well, we can't force them. We can't direct them. We can't make them. But you got someone like Zuckerberg, who, of course, I've got a friend I know, what they call him Zuckerberg Bucks or something like that. Zuckerberg, in his own right, did some influencing of the election, take even taking out what they decided to do with this stupid Russian disinformation nonsense. Have you ever in your life, by the way, if, is, dis, is disinformation coming from someone who lives in Russia any more dangerous than disinformation coming from someone living in Washington, D.C. or Hollywood, California. Like in the one sense, you think, well, if it's a foreigner, we don't want foreign people in, engaging in these elections. And okay, I'll grant that to a point. But what what if they're, I mean, even obviously to a large point, we don't want them influencing. We want our decisions to be our decisions. But if the media is telling us half-truths, making up, absolute lies, if the intelligence community is signing on to letters or signing letters saying that the Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation, and they'll come back now and say, well, we didn't say that, but at the time, Todd, we just didn't know. We just had to be safe. We couldn't. This thing just looked so much, so much like a Russian disinformation campaign. We had an obligation to tell Mark Zuckerberg we had an obligation to tell, was Dorsey still at Twitter? We had an obligation to tell these folks about this. We're just not telling them what to do. We can't direct them or ask them or anything like that. But what we can do is give them information. Wink, wink. I mean, is it any, is it any surprise? Look at the people that work at Twitter and Facebook. You've seen these exposés, exposés done by, Project Veritas. Every time, every time I Project Veritas. Every time I say the word expose, I'm reminded of Joe Gatto in *Impractical Jokers*. Which, if th those of you who watch that, and of course Joe Gatto's no longer on the show for some reasons that we're not going to get into here. But anyway, but an expose. Project Veritas. James O'Keefe has exposed these clowns at all sorts of social media companies, at all sorts of you know places within our federal government. I mean, Planned Parenthood, CNN, you name it. They've exposed these jokers time after time after time. Is it any, is it any wonder who these folks are voting for? I mean, the execs at CNN. Is it any wonder? Is it any surprise who the people making decisions at Twitter 
as far as whether or not Miranda Devine's story can be shared about Hunter Biden's laptop, is it any wonder? Or are we confused as to who these folks are voting for? Is it surprising to anyone that D.C. votes for Democrats at least 90 to 10, more like 92, 93% to 7 or 8%? Is that any surprise to anybody? And is it a big jump to connect the dots that said when the gov- the FBI reaches out to pl- places like Facebook and says, don't, you know, wink, wink, there's some Russian disinformation coming, wink, wink, um, we have a bunch of intelligence pro- professionals telling us that Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation, wink, wink, what are you going to do about it? We can't make you, we can't direct you, but what are you going to do? I mean, we're not telling you what to do here, but I'm pretty sure, wink, wink, you're going to do the right thing. And that is effectively what happened. And the FBI is out there responding. By the FBI responding to this, my friends, this goes to show, to me, if you want to take, if you're looking for something to be optimistic about, be optimistic about this. Again, you've got a guy, and I know that, that he's worth bazillions now, Zuckerberg, but he started a social media company, and he's not, I'm not saying he's a political ally or either, even a friend of a larger, you know, being on the side of truth politically or uh, from a worldview perspective, I should say. But he's, this is what he's saying here. And so, I mean, to think that he going on another guy's show who's not necessarily an ideological conservative, but who often or in many, at least in some to many cases, ends up agreeing with conservative ideas and principles and so forth. These two guys chatting gets the FBI to make a statement. That should encourage us as far as it goes to show, it goes to show how much regular people, regular people are catching on to this. I'm telling, I'm telling you this, I I think that this should be encouraging, but it's still also very disheartened. I don't get disheartened, but I, I can see how some would be disheartened because you're, you know, you're thinking the FBI, they're out here doing this. They're colluding in elections. I mean, gee whiz, they shut down a big story, but now the truth's coming out. So now we're, we're starting from a new, you know, a new point. Right, right. We've we're now starting from a point in time to where that is acknowledged, even by Zuckerberg, even by Rogan, even by many average people, that we were lied to and misled by the intelligence community, by the FBI, and shut messages and posts, sharing of stories of a story that is now we know to be true. Now we know it to be true. They've had to acknowledge that. And that's a pretty big deal in my mind. And it's something that we should take a little bit of pleasure in, not just be happy with that we've gotten to that point. All that being said, we've got a heck of a long way to go, but we'll take victories when we can get them. Quick time out, my friends. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Also mentioned that I wanted to talk a little bit. Actually, actually, before, sorry, I got music playing here. <laughs> but the, uh, oh gee, 
the um, there's another another part of this story. I don't know if I referenced this earlier or not. I just want to do it really quickly before we move along here. Talking about the laptop story that was blocked by Zuckerberg and Facebook and Twitter from being shared. Miranda Devine's story, New York Post on Hunter Biden's laptop, two, three weeks, whatever it was before Election Day. There was a poll, a TIPP poll that was conducted um, that stands for Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics, TIPP. That poll revealed that 78%, this has just been conducted, um, I think, late last week, 78% of Americans say former President Donald J. Trump would have won the 2020 presidential election if voters had been given the truth, boy, there's that pesky little word, truth, about Hunter Biden's laptop. Instead of being told it was, quote, merely Russian disinformation. This is a new Newsmax story. So 78% of Americans say that we would have a second term of Donald J. Trump had that story been properly, had been allowed to circulate instead of us being fed a narrative that this was Russian disinformation. How, I, how long can people fall? I know, I know some of you are. <laughs> You know people that will follow the Russian hoax, Russian disinformation, whatever, to the ends of the earth. I mean, they will they will take this to their graves. There are people who are so hypnotized, brainwashed, led astray, deceived, whatever you want to say, by this stupid... And again, I'm not here to say that Letting other nations and governments meddle in our elections, we, we should we should obviously try to prevent that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but to act like if they do, that suddenly we're incapable of even knowing which way's up or anything like that is bizarre to me. And does it not only further solidify the real problem here, the the real truth, maybe I should say, which is that the media, the media is the one who tells us that we can't call it fake news. Don't you dare call us fake news. That's a war on the First Amendment. Well, you know what? If you can't defend what you're writing about, if we're getting a little bit too much, I don't know, gusto in our response to you, that's not our fault. That's not our concern. Like, Can, can you actually articulate? Can you explain today why you legitimately withheld or sh- uh, stopped the sharing of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Can you do that? Because if you can't, and if the news of Russian, you know, the disinformation titles and so forth were not accurate, you can also, another another way for saying inaccurate is fake, right? I mean, at least in most contexts or many contexts, so fake news, inaccurate news, fake news, false news. I mean, which which term do you have a problem with? How about you report things that are accurate, and when you make mistakes, you acknowledge them and apologize to your consumers immediately instead of playing this massive game that we're playing with you, which is trying to determine what the real truth is because your objective is to get us, media, because you're the PR firm of the Democrat Party, your objective is to get us 
to respond in a certain political way. That is your entire objective. You're all leftists. You're, well, the vast majority. There's a couple of good journalists out there. But it's not up to me to say you can't criticize the news or call it fake news. It's up to them to deliver true and accurate news. Because when it's presented or when the, the I guess, the format that we're working within today is that they can say whatever they want and we can't question it. What we get is what we had in 2020. That's what we get. If they can't defend it, if they can't explain it, then why in the world are they publishing it? Well, Todd, there were 51. I saw 51. I kept saying 50. 51 intelligence officials. What are we supposed to do? I don't know. Use your brain. Actually look at the allegations in the story. Look at what was claimed. Look at what, I mean, it does. It, it didn't take much, you know, uh, review of the story to understand that it was true stuff that they were sharing from the laptop, or at least some very, some very uh, convincing, very convincing examples of evidence that came from the laptop. I mean, and they want to shut it down. They want to silence it. Just like in 2016, they wanted Comey going out there saying, yeah, Hillary was, what was it, extremely careless with our national, uh, our, our top secret stuff, and she shouldn't have been sharing it, but it really wasn't gross negligence. And when you look at the definition of gross negligence, it's extremely careless, so then you feel like you're in the bizarro universe where you know up means down and all this sort of stuff. Everything is, again, this is how they do it. And what they bank on, this is the takeaway from this to me, what they bank on, the media, the Democrat Party, is that so many things will have happened between the point in time where they're trying to deceive us and the point in time when we finally get the truth and they're held accountable that we've moved on, right? There's just no, there's not enough interest or not enough uh, narrative. There's, we're, we're chasing too many other things like open borders and outrageously high inflation and new uh, expenditures and Dr. Jill and Janet Yellen telling Joe Biden not to sign or not to do the executive order to uh, to alleviate or to forgive student loans. Biden's not listening to women. Not even do- not even a doctor. Doctor Biden. Joe's not listening to Doctor Biden. Refusing to take feedback from the women that are surrounded with him. He's engaged in his own war. This is how they would do it if it was if it was Trump. But they, they did. They I've, I've read stories where they didn't want Joe, apparently, according to sources, according to things that are reported, they apparently didn't want Joe to forgive these debts because it will cause inflation. It will cause problems, but they decided that getting people, buying people's votes in 2022 is in the best interest of the Democrats right now because between now and 2024, their next objective is to keep Trump off the ballot or to destroy him, you know, just so much negativity to give him, to try to keep him from winning in 2022. You just can't trust these jokers half as far as you can throw them. Quick time out, my friends. I don't have time to get into this. Uh, let me see how I want to address it. We'll do that after the break. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> I really wanted to talk today. There's so many things I want to get to. This is typical for a Monday. But I really wanted to talk about student loan debt forgiveness and 
um, these folks who are out there telling us that you don't believe the Bible if you don't believe in federal loan forgiveness. And I just, I don't have time to talk about that. That I'm going to table that and hopefully we can get into it later in the week because I find this sort of stuff fascinating as a conservative and as a Christian. But anyway, I do want to briefly, Oz was asking me about this Dr. Jill, Janet Yellen telling Biden not to forgive these student loans. And this is actually, it was in the New York Times. It was published Friday, New York Times, that both Dr. Jill, First Lady Dr. Jill, that's what we're supposed to call her, and the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen both were against at least parts or, I don't know, all of, of the loan forgiveness stuff that Biden has just snapped his fingers and suddenly declared. I did read where there are some state attorneys general. Did that correctly? That's hard to do. But they are meeting to strategize about some ways to possibly fight this. Anyway, um, Dr. Jill, who Whoopi Goldberg wants us to have as our surgeon general, <laughs> Dr. Jill, she's not, a, she's not a medical doctor. But anyway, it doesn't matter. She's, we call her Dr. Jill. She knows everything about everything because she's a woman and that's how this is supposed to work. Janet Yellen also, Treasury Secretary, she's out there saying this stuff. Well, according to the New York the New York Times, right? The New York Times is saying this. Now, Kamala's over there cackling and saying this is the greatest thing ever. So I guess Biden listened to one out of three women. But the way I see it, Biden is rejecting the advice of highly educated women in an election year. What is this going to say? To women when it's time to go to the polls, suburban women with an education, should they remember that Biden rejected the advice of Dr. Jill and Janet Yellen in favor of cackling Kamala instead? Anyway, that is what happened. Check it out in New York Times. There's a stack of stuff as well if you want to check that out, but I've got to take a break, my friend. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. This, um, Oz thinks I should only refer to the First Lady as Dr. Jill, and she's probably right. She's probably right. She usually, usually is. I liked cackling Kamala after I said it, but anyway, look, this, there, there's a bunch of stuff I didn't get to today. Time is just, uh, way too short, especially on, on a Monday, but we, I always take the stuff in the stack of stuff and move it into, well, try to get in. Again, we got to see what happens between now and tomorrow, but I'll carry some of these things with us the rest of the week. Guys, have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>